Kia ora, I'm Andrew Whiteside and today I'm talking with Keegan Carr-French about an exciting and somewhat full-on play she's directing called Seven Methods of Killing Kylie Jenner, which opens this week in Auckland. The play was written by British playwright Jasmine Lee Jones and debuted in London in 2019 and has subsequently been seen in many cities overseas and received some rave reviews. Keegan, lovely to talk to you today. I believe you're, what, in the middle of a dress rehearsal or some kind of rehearsal at the moment? Yeah, we've just finished our tech rehearsal and we're about to go into a note session for that and then we'll be into our first um, open dress and we're having some wonderful drama school students coming in to to see that, so we're very excited. Uh, but there's always, a, I guess, a last-minute bit of nerves, isn't there? When you, that excitement, but also a little bit of, um, yeah, nervousness about it being uh, premiering tomorrow. Oh, absolutely, um, and that's sort of manifesting for me in my dream life. <laughs> so I've been dreaming about the show quite steadily um, for the past. Uh, eight or so days. So yeah, I think that's a clear sign that the nerves are creeping in. <laughs> um, now, I haven't seen um, Seven Methods of Killing Kylie Jenner, but I have read about it. And what I've read is quite intriguing. It's, it's supposed to be very funny, but also quite provocative. And uh, so, so in a nutshell, why don't you tell me what, what the play is and, and why you were attracted to it? Sure. Uh, well, the play on the face of it is, is really just... Uh, sort of a 90-minute conversation between between two best friends, uh, both black women, uh, one darker-skinned and one mixed race. Um, and it's sort of the conversation starts as a response to uh, one, of the, one of the women has uh, tweeted some very provocative things about Kylie Jenner, sort of, well, yeah, threatening to kill her. Um, and that, in turn, is in response to uh, the real tweet uh, from 2008. 18, I think it was, um, by Forbes magazine, uh, where they said that Kylie Jenner um, is now the, the youngest self-made billionaire ever at the age of 21. And uh, it's, it's a play that sort of deconstructs uh, what, it, what it means to be self-made when you've actually come from a family of money. <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. and, and the fact that uh, Kylie Jenner and many other Parkia women like her have actually made uh, billions on, uh, on looking or adopting bioplastic surgery and various other means, uh, uh, features uh, that on them is called beautiful and attractive and, and, you know, sexually wonderful. But on black women uh, for many, many decades has been called ugly and has been uh, the the source of much bullying and, and racially charged language. And so the play sort of goes into cultural appropriation and colorism and how it's a very now very present issue um, with uh, with its seeds in, in slavery, really, in colonization. Yeah, it, it, it sounds really, really fascinating. And I know that um, the, the writer, who is um, a, a British woman, a black woman, uh, Jasmine Lee Jones, she um, was, was saying that um, a place should be dangerous, there's something yes. about theatre that it should be dangerous. And I'm, I'm just wondering what what that means to you and where the danger lies in this play. And obviously we're not talking about safety per se, but, but where for you is the edginess, I guess, in this for you? Yeah, I absolutely agree with Jasmine in that sentiment that, um, that theatre should absolutely be dangerous. Um, otherwise, why do it? You know, we could just sort of read a book, I suppose. But um, what's dangerous about this play is is in the liveness of the theatrical event. It is not a book. It's not a film. It requires 
the audience to be there. And that's not to say that it's interactive. In no way mm-hmm. is it interactive. Yeah. It's, it's that um, at every turn, it's asking the audience who have paid to come and see two black women on stage yeah. be a spectacle. To, uh, it's asking the audience to examine how they are complicit in continuing to see black women as stereotype, as spectacle, and uh, how they continue to do that even today in things like the, the emojis we choose to, to use or the, the expressions we're using that we think um, are really funny, but they've come from um, a black woman who has said it on TV when she was in a moment of distress. You know, it's, it's these kinds of things that are in, in everyday use that we don't even know where they've come from, but so many of them have come from uh, sort of the degrading of, of black women in media. And so to me, that's why it's dangerous. It's because uh, the audience leave without any doubt whatsoever that we've been talking directly to them. Um, and we're directly asking them to, to be investigators into their own lives and, and things that they use in their own language. And I think that obviously is the beauty of live theatre, isn't it? That um, that an audience can be confronted with ideas uh, and issues that they may not be comfortable about in uh, talking or being confronted by in a in a in the wider world, but they're sitting in this um, they're sitting in this situation where they can be, and I, I think that is really um, is quite powerful and profound. I agree, yeah, and it, it's not one of those plays where you can leave and say, "Oh, well, that was nice," and I, I have some things to think about. It's not that. It's you. You will. You will leave. Um, yes, with very many things to think about, but also uh, a list of things to do. It will provoke action as opposed to provoking thought, and I think that's what theatre should do. Mm, yeah, great. Uh, it, it, it's funny though, too. Yeah, there's a lot of humour. Oh. Absolutely, and that's and that's what really drew me to it is because it was saying it was it wasn't didactic, it wasn't a lecture, it wasn't sort of um, beating people over the head with something. Because if that worked, then you know racism wouldn't still be a problem. Yeah. Um, but, but what it, it it just really invites you, and it's so engaging, it's so welcoming in its humour. It's it's a generous, humorous offering that's very inclusive, um, and. And because of that, it, it, it allows the hard conversation to be had. Well, exactly, yeah. I mean, theatre that is really good makes that balance between drama and messaging and humour because it, it, humour invites us in. It, it makes us, in, in some respects, feel safe, but it also enables us to uh, to think more clearly about, oh, yeah, I get that, yeah, you know, I, I understand that point, and, yeah, I think I'm complicit there as well. So it's, yeah, it's a very it's a very good thing. Um, tell me about the the two cast members. Oh, I really struggled with that. Batanai um, Mashingaye and Grace Bentley Tibua um, are playing Cleo and Kara, and they are. I firmly believe this, and I keep saying this, but I have to say it again. They are two of the best actors I think I will ever work with in my career. They're just they're incredible. Um, they 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 make. They really make the world of this play, and it has to be a completely embodied experience for for the actors because they're in the, in essence we're asking them to play a version of their own life because they you know they they are they are black women one darker skin one mixed race and they're having conversations that they've thought about you know mm. for much of their mm. life and it's an incredible undertaking and it's incredible an incredible generous act that they do, a generosity of spirit that they do every time they step onto that stage and share that with us. And, and they're just incredibly talented, 
highly skilled and so funny so funny <laughs> so it's just it's a it's a real laugh a minute and then they really punch you in the guts with the with the really um tender and hard stuff i guess the subject matter that is is connected to their own lives as well makes them quite vulnerable in many respects yeah it does and it's it is really a privilege to to sit with them in that vulnerability and to, to have them uh, willingly let us into that and it's yeah it's it's yeah, it's a privilege. Now, obviously, the story is rooted within these characters that are, um, I guess, Gen Z, millennial types, and they yeah, yeah, uh, they're, yeah, early twenties, yeah, yeah, and they are using uh, very enmeshed in the social media world. But the but the themes of this carry uh, carry weight and appeal to a much broader cross section of an audience. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think no one is too young to be um, racist, and no one is too old to learn. Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, now, I hope you don't mind me asking this question, but it, um, it's sort of a, a more personal thing. So you um, you are a, a black woman. You were born in Zimbabwe. You've lived in New Zealand and the UK, yeah? Yes, that that's right? right. Yeah, so, yeah. so you've, you've lived in, an, in a number of... Um, a number of different circles. So, so if you're okay, I'm just wondering if you could explain to me how accurately you think the themes in this play uh, have played out in your own life, and and to what extent, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, I I I feel as though it is in, it's it's accurate to the point uh, where when I first read the play. Um, I had to take a good hour long walk in the sun just to sort of decompress from it all because wow, I felt as though yeah. I was reading um, uh, my diary sort of because Gosh. as I said mm. a little earlier they they aren't really conversations that we we try to have too often because it can get quite real especially in a group of in a group of friends of black women where you're all sort of different tones it's it's hard to have the colorism conversation uh, without getting, you know, quite upset because you'll never really understand each other. And if in a, in a group of, of, of friends where you are one of the only black people, it's hard to have the racism conversation with mm. Pakia people because yeah. you will never understand each other. Um, but the, the way that Jasmine Lee Jones has crafted this conversation between these two best friends um, is just, it's, it's really, really sharply done. Uh, because it makes you go, that is both not my life, which means I can listen to it without without cringing or feeling too much hurt, but it is also my life, which means that I can sit with it and take some things away and and see how I can approach this conversation with a friend or a parent and and learn something about myself as well. So it's it's a it's a very um, giving text in that way. Uh, so I guess in in directing this play, it's been a very um a very close personal journey for you as well. Yeah, and that's had to uh, inform the process as well for all three of us, uh, for myself and the two actors. We've had to um, step lightly uh, in some areas, um, but also we've had to um, shed shed all the layers and just sort of dive right in because we know that, well, it's going to be hard no matter what because we are talking about our lives. We're just calling ourselves different names. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. Um, that's basically everything I wanted to ask you. Is there anything you um, want to add at all? Oh, just that despite what it might sound like, this is absolutely a play for anyone and everyone. Um, there is so much to laugh at and learn from. And I would love to see people just come and see these two wonderful actors 
build worlds right in front of your eyes. It's incredible what they do. That was Keegan Carfrange talking about the play Seven Methods of Killing Kylie Jenner, which opens in Auckland, New Zealand on the 2nd of June 2022. Now, on my website, andrewwhitesard.com, you can find plenty more content, lots of reviews, interviews, and my opinion on um, a range of issues. While there, you can also sign up for my regular newsletters, which are full of interesting things, I promise you. I am Andrew Whiteside. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you soon.